on the vault. High atop the pastoral center of the Diocese of Camden, you're listening to Talking Catholic. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Talking Catholic, the official podcast of the Camden Diocese. Uh, this is Talking Catholic co-host Mary McCusker, and um, for once, I can properly introduce all of our guests here because they happen to be <laughs> my bosses. Uh, both of my bosses are here um, joining this podcast, so... Um, no pressure on me or anything, but I'm joined by Mike Walsh, Director of Communications for the Camden Diocese, and uh, the other Talking Catholic co-host, and Mr. Kevin Hickey, the Executive Director of Catholic Charities Diocese of Camden. And I have the pleasure of working with both of these gentlemen. So, welcome. Thank you, Mary. <laughs> I like. How, let's we're, start with you, Mike. How are you doing? Um, I'm okay. Uh, we're doing this on a Zoom call, so if the audio quality is not so great, that's the reason why. The uh, but for us, it's nice because uh, we're doing it as a video call, so I can actually see the terror in Mary's eyes as she's uh, interviewing uh, Kevin while having me on the call at the same time. As she knows, we're harshly. I'm cool as a cucumber, Mike. You're <laughs> clearly projecting. <laughs> I'm. I will admit that I am currently exhausted. The um, we're recording this on Holy Thursday right now and it's going to go up on Easter Monday or somewhere. And I know you've been really busy with the live streaming. <clears throat> yeah, I've so that's so much on the on the social media accounts and um yeah. you and uh, John Kalitz I know you guys have been really busy lately. Yeah, it's uh, the the bishop has kept us busy, and our uh, our colleague Donna Ottaviano Britt has been keeping us busy. The the bishop's been doing a lot of masses uh, that we've been trying to live stream as much as we can, and that or actually we've live streamed every one of them. And then uh, we've also started uh, this week. We did three nights of a Lenten retreat, uh, one in uh, at various parishes around uh, the diocese but last night we were down in wildwood new jersey so it was a late night getting home for me back to the other side of the state but um but it was a lot of fun and when and do you actually sleep mike that's my real question say, and you don't drink coffee either no. so i really don't know what your secret is here. i went uh, my secret is i go to i come home i do all the work that i wasn't able to do while we were live streaming uh, around 10 o'clock i watch an episode uh, or two of the great british bake-off on, on Netflix, which is my, which is my, it's not a guilty pleasure. I've, I innocently appreciate it. It's, it's outstanding. It's, if you've never, if you've ever wanted to see what a cooking show could be like and make it actually joyful and wonderful and tasty, even though you can't taste it, watch the Great British Bake Off on uh, the BBC on, on, and on Netflix. No, and then, if you uh, want a guilty pleasure show right now, Tiger King, if you haven't already seen it. <laughs> I can't bring myself to watch that. I, uh, I, I, I'm not quite there yet. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a few more, a few more months of uh, social distancing in my home, and I, I may bring myself to You'll watching get there. that. There you go. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of running on fumes right now, so I'm gonna Lent. The Holy Week is always the toughest week for our department because we're always all over creation. Uh, the bishop, as a general rule, the bishop never does masses at the cathedral during Holy Week. He actually goes out to all the parishes and and says masses out there, and it's his way of getting out and about and seeing everybody, and it's it's wonderful. So I'm usually driving all around. This is ironic in the sense that this Holy Week he will be doing all of them in the cathedral, which because uh, we were able to live stream best from there. And um, but I'm still running around all over creation because we did the Lenten retreats, uh, these uh, vert online Lenten retreats instead um, that were all simulcast on our Facebook, Instagram, no, hold on, Facebook, Twitter, and 
uh, what's the other one I'm forgetting? Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube accounts. Camden Diocese YouTube accounts. Wow, you really are running on fumes. I am. I my brain is like, voice. yeah. The, uh, but well, for our listeners, if you're wondering how people are able to watch masses and um, live stream all these different events, this is, it's Mike Walsh behind all of it. So <laughs> well, I, I have to give credit where credit is due because well, certainly give me credit. I do not have that energy. Um, <laughs> well, don't worry. I don't have it either, apparently. But um, the, uh, the, yeah, I actually, thank you for the credit. That's very kind of you to say. Um, but honestly, our parishes deserve a lot of credit too, because we've been doing the diocesan stuff and we've given some pointers to the parishes, but I, I they've in the span of three weeks, our parishes have gone from what's live stream to live stream veterans. It's it's incredible how great incredible. The, the parishes are doing at this stuff, and they ramped up real quick. And at this point, I'd say more than half of our parishes now have live live stream capabilities. That's we went from I think at one point it was there were two that were live streaming prior to this. So we've added twenty eight in the span of three weeks and the diocese because we very rarely did it um and the and the quality of them is really really good they've learned the importance of both good video and good audio the audio is actually the trickiest part whenever you do something like this even on the podcast that's the like when we do these zoom calls they're great but i know the audio the audio quality is lesser because of it and it drives me up a wall but uh because i know people are going to listen to it but anyway, enough about us. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, but this is the first time you and I have gotten a chance to actually see each other in, in a while, the longest we've gotten right. a chance to see each other, because you, ordinarily I'd see you once or twice a week in the office, and you and I haven't been in each other's presence for a month now, probably, somewhere in that What vicinity. a shame. What I, a shame. I, I know. I'm sure you're very sad about that. But, but I haven't, our, uh, I haven't our seen guest our guest in even longer than that, though. Well, I actually had the the pleasure of seeing him yesterday. Oh, that's um, nice. And it was actually under some sad circumstances, but um, welcome, Mr. Hickey. Um, Thank you, Mary. How are well, you Mike. doing? You're looking very uh, rosy in your home today. Well, I, you know, I, uh, I actually, uh, I'll just show you uh, for the listeners. <laughs> I'm showing them the T-shirt I had on, and then I had just seen a thing in the New York Times about how to dress for Zoom calls, Skype calls, right? So I thought, you know, I need to go put on a shirt with a collar. Uh, so, I look presentable. so that's what I did because I I, uh, I didn't realize that this would not be uh, uh, broadcast in its video form. Well, you know what? You, uh, that's... But for you, you deserve me looking as best as I can. I too forgot and put on a full face of makeup for nothing. So if that makes you feel any better, our well, listeners, we look really great right now. Just well, so you know, two of the three of us do. I'm currently wearing a baseball t-shirt and uh, basketball shorts. So I went with the full audio, but I knew it was going to be audio and I wasn't going to try very hard. Plus I have to be dressed up tonight for Holy Thursday mass. And oh my goodness. the longer I can keep the dress shoes off, the happier my feet will be. Right. Um, so anyway, but so like we've the last couple of episodes, we've been talking about, you know, sort of how everyone's dealing with, you know, the social distancing and the coronavirus and COVID and, and everything like that in their own sort of way. And we've been sort of focused on the parish level. And what we wanted to do today in this conversation was, was focused more on the Catholic charities and social justice and the needs that are out there in the communities 
Um, now, what makes this situation we're in right now is that the need is now the need used to be in these pockets that we or the, what we felt were these pockets, and now we're seeing that this expansion of need. Just today, that the the news reports came out that um, unemployment in the United States has now reached ten percent, which is an unheard of amount. We haven't seen that since I think the eighties or the seventies, something like that. So it's been a long time. Um, I'm curious, you know, Kevin, what what have you been seeing from Catholic Charities standpoint in terms of how need has changed over the last month? Well, as as each day go it goes by, Mike, uh, you know, more and more uh, phone calls. Where we obviously have put in place uh, mechanisms so we can continue providing uh, help and hope to people. Uh, so that that is steadily increasing. Uh, it two weeks from now, it'll be even the higher rate and number of phone calls. Um, I, I think one thing that's helping us right now uh, is, uh, thanks be to God, that a moratorium has been placed on evictions. Yeah. Um, and so that's very helpful. Uh, otherwise, um, the volume of calls would be even greater than it is right now. Uh, but I, I and, and we're Mary through Mary's work. We're trying to get the word out that people don't need to worry about that, um, at least for the time being. Yeah, um, because a lot of people would come to our doors saying I'm facing eviction. Some people have already been evicted and they come to our Catholic charities offices saying I've been living out of my car. Right. Um, sometimes there's kids with them. So. And this was all before the virus, too. So, yeah, it is it is good that there's a hold on that rent. From my understanding, that rent, though, will eventually be due, if I'm not mistaken. Um, that's not until down the line. Um, and who knows if any laws will change about that. But um, I know that it's still stressful for people keeping that in the back of their minds. Um, what's going to happen weeks from now, months from now? Yeah. I hope I don't have to say years from now, <laughs> but um, I, Ms. Turkey, do you, do you see this as something that's going to be, you know, a, a long-term effort in a crisis response? Yes. I, I, you know, I likened it uh, several weeks ago that uh, it being the uh, uh, COVID virus pandemic to a disaster. So, uh, you know, we we know disasters have two phases. One is recovery. That's usually sort of the first 30 days. Um, and then the second phase is, um, uh, I'm sorry, the, f the first 30 days is response, just responding to the, the needs brought about by destruction. Second phase is recovery. I uh, We're obviously uh, still in response. And so to go back to Mike's question, where we're particularly focusing right now is on food, Mike, mm -hmm. and uh, figuring out mechanisms to get food into people's hands uh, while maintaining the appropriate uh, physical separation and protecting staff, obviously, yeah. Yeah. as well as clients. Um, so, and uh, again, uh, you know, we've, these things, as I think you both know, bring out Wonderful, wonderful people and uh, wonderful generosity. And, and already this week, Mike, we've got a, a $25,000 donation for food. Wow. Uh, from someone that we, you know, we don't know. Um, 
but he uh, he knows who we are and he knows of our work and he respects Catholic charities. Um, and so he's sent twenty five thousand uh, dollars. We just got uh, five thousand dollars from United Way in Delaware, which is uh, which is covering uh, Salem County. Yeah. Um, and we've now got there's uh, predictably in, in the wake of a disaster. Uh, money is out is available out there, you know, through governmental sources and stuff. So we we have a fair number of applications in yeah. um, as we speak. So we're waiting to hear on that. So, you know, I, I always um, I think I've learned through all these disasters we've worked in that um, the good Lord does provide and the Holy Spirit prompts people and uh, money starts rolling in. So. The lesson I learned after Hurricane Sandy was to be bold mm-hmm. and uh, be daring, and um, the rest will take care of itself. And maybe maybe we should talk about that a little bit. Is uh, you know your experience in in disaster relief? This is an unusual disaster in the sense that um, it's not natural disaster, <laughs> it's, and it's not you know immediate. This is the kind of thing that slowly grew over weeks and months. Um, I suppose, if anything, and maybe it's most uh, reminiscent of um, the casino fallout in Atlantic City several years ago. Um, can you talk a little bit about what Catholic Charities, in particular Catholic Charities Camden, has done both locally and in, in other parts of the country? In, in response to the pandemic? Well, in, actually, in response to disasters in general, like you oh. in, in, in this dates back long before Sandy, too. Um, I'd say starting with 9 11. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And Kevin, you can speak to this better than I can, but I know that we have a long and rich history of responding to disasters, both locally and across the country. Sure. Yeah, certainly. Well, as Mike uh, said, uh, each each one of them's got has different element, and and uh, you know that's really astute of you, Mister Walsh. Thank you. I listen uh, to you I, as I, often as I can. I don't like I, to tell I, you that, but I listen to you. I, I sub- oh, I love this. They never get along, but here we are brought together on Zoom. And uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm used to the these the, two bickering, but uh, playfully. Bro. Anytime one of them compliments the other, I just brings a smile to my face. <laughs> I'm sorry to interrupt. Are you Kevin? You were just getting finished saying how astute Mike is. So, yeah. so now let's show where I was astute just because I'm not sure where, where it was. Well, I, I hadn't thought of it, Mike, but I, I think, you know, maybe the uh, the contrast comparison between this pandemic and the casino crisis is is an apt one, because I I think it's going to be growing uh, the need. Yeah. Uh, Mary just suggested, you know, long term regarding uh, notwithstanding the moratorium on rents and mortgage payments, that bill is going to come due. Um Meanwhile, people are stretched, particularly uh, poor people and working people and uh, lower income people. Uh, they, they need to spend the money. Uh, there's need there. Uh, so, you know, probably by August, September, hopefully, uh, all things are maybe returning to normal. Yeah. Although your comment earlier, maybe not. But, you know, what are we going to do when, okay, now, you know, somebody owes $6,000 to a landlord? Yeah. Um that's not, you know, we don't have $6,000 for every person who might come knocking on our door. So, yeah. but you know what, we'll figure it out. And, and as I said earlier, uh, good Lord and generous people will provide. Yeah. The, and uh, this is the beautiful thing. Oh, I'm sorry, Mike. No, no, you're, go ahead. Go ahead. 
this is the beautiful thing um, about working with people like Kevin and people who are used to disasters and crises and, you know, situations where people come in in a state of crisis or panic. Um, and then on a larger scale, um, I'm so fortunate to work with case managers who, you know, I, I think I've said this in a previous podcast, but just how quickly and calmly the staff has responded to this. Um, and that's under your leadership, Kevin, of course, but just the way everybody, you know, assess the situation and you can tell this isn't their first rodeo and <laughs> they put all the the preparations, the, you know, plan A, plan B. Okay, if this happens, we'll go to plan C and just all of the preparation that was done well in advance of when this really hit New Jersey. Um, th- I was not employed um by the diocese when when Hurricane Sandy, Superstorm Sandy hit. So this is really my first um, taste of a disaster which has hit locally. And I just have to say it's it's incredible to see the of course the responsiveness, um, but the preparation too that that went into this and how calmly everybody did it, recognizing, you know, this is urgent and it's important and it needs our our full attention, all of our energy. And I'm sitting there kind of in panic myself because I'm not trained to be a disaster manager, <laughs> but um, it's, it's really impressive to see our staff. Yeah. They, they uh, well, you know, kind of going back to my, you know, the question I asked uh, a little while earlier um, was that the fact that the, this Catholic charities is renowned for that. I mean, you've not only assisted in, in disasters in our area, Superstorm Standy and, and the casino uh, fail uh, fallout from, from like 2012, I guess. Um, you guys also go elsewhere. So you went to Puerto Rico and you went to Houston and you've been to other hurricane areas where disaster relief was necessary. And your staff is actually, they're experts in the field when it comes to disaster relief, correct? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, you know, Mike, as you were saying that, I was thinking about what Mary was talking about, this, this calmness she detects and senses in her colleagues. And I think it's coming from that, that people, um, you know, have been uh, in a lot of unusual circumstances. My, you know, my favorite uh, image is Jose Sanchez, who, uh, who he once was deployed to uh, Lafayette, Louisiana, and his description of walking down a, a deserted street in the middle of this city with uh, packs of dogs all about, every roof with a blue tarp, uh, staying all by himself in a fairly large uh, diocesan retreat center there in Lafayette. I mean, it was just very striking. So, uh, and, and he, of course, was uh, in Puerto Rico after uh, Maria. So uh, just using Jose as an example, I, I mean, he has... Uh, there's probably not, well, you know that old cliche, Mike, he's forgotten more than I know. Uh, that, that's kind of him yeah. in, you know, in terms of disaster response. You know, and, you know, uh, Mary didn't quite give herself enough credit. This might be the first disaster she's she's gone through. But you, as I recall, you you send your staff, of which Mary was included recently, uh, to disaster trainings um, hosted by Catholic Charities USA, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I, you know, a lot, uh, Mary, uh, Mary's another example of responding in the moment. Um, 
you know, and if I can tie that together with generosity, just yesterday we found out that a, a benefactor of the Catholic Charities uh, named Steve Rabbits, uh, retired president of Rabbits Family Markets, died um, sadly uh, due to the coronavirus. Um, and Steve and his family were very, very generous. Um, they helped uh, one of our Justice for All dinners. And in fact, that was the most successful financially, um, with, and, uh, which of course now that, that money is just so wonderful to have. Um, anyways, Mary responded in the moment and uh, you know made arrangements to meet me at the uh, memorial site so we could uh, you know, just record uh, Catholic Charities' uh, sorrow and sympathies on hearing of Steve's death. Um, so, you know, that, that's an example. People respond uh, in the moment. They recognize, uh, you know, timing is, uh, is all important and time is fleeting. And uh, a lot of this work, there's no do-overs. You, yeah. you just got to get after it right away. So, yeah, do the best job you can in the moment and, and yep. try to get it done as well as you can. The yep. uh, no that and that that is definitely a hallmark of you know Catholic charities. You know, I'm I'm curious how many how many offices does Catholic charities have in the in the diocese of Camden? We have eight offices, mm-hmm. okay. uh, two in uh, Salem County, two in Cumberland County, and then one each in Cape May, Atlantic, Gloucester, and Camden. And each of those uh, offices uh, serves basically the same kind of programming in terms of, uh, you know, you know. Yes. Okay. And certainly. So if you think of right now, uh, as we're trying to uh, respond to the pandemic, uh, you you know, food obviously is on people's minds. um, But we also have other um, uh, assistance available to people. Um, each one might be slightly different based on, you know, local conditions and or local funding available to us. Uh, but, you know, more and more, the, I think my goal is if I walk into our office in Rio Grande, I'll have the same experience when I, as though I walked into our office in Gloucester County. So, yeah. And it's interesting to see... Um, like you just said, Kevin, um, our mission is the same across the board in every county and every office. Um, but, you know, to tie disasters into this, you look at Atlantic City, for example, um, and how after each disaster, uh, programs develop, programs evolve, staff, um, you know, take on new roles. And I think a good example of that is in Atlantic City, um, the there was a a program created after the casino closures specifically for the thousands of people who lost their jobs at that time so it is it's interesting to see how um the agency kind of is impacted and evolves with with every disaster and i know for our listeners who aren't in the diocese um can you just tell us a little bit about what happened when the during the casino closures? This was before my time, and I know it was a, a huge deal, but um, Kevin, can you tell us a little bit about that and what we did to, to yep. respond to it? Yep. And, and unfortunately, um, 
that disaster is kind of repeating itself. There have been a lot of layoffs in Atlantic City right now in response to the pandemic. Um, the, the, the time period you're describing is, um, you know, layoffs were happening, uh, lots of layoffs. And, uh, you know, we were trying to respond in, in that case with, you know, basic needs assistance. Um, really what Matthew 25 says, you know, hunger, uh, clothing, shelter, um, a welcoming smile to people who are undergoing a lot of stress. Um, now, again, this, this notion of being bold, being daring, um, it, you know, we didn't have a lot of money. Uh, United Way was, was very helpful to us. Uh, we had justice for all funds. Uh, but of course, that's, you know, that we'll go through that kind of money quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but because of that, uh, two wonderful people uh, who uh, had once worked in Atlantic City, um, I don't think they'd mind if I named them. Would you, Mike? Yeah, you I think, think they'd be okay with it. Yeah. Uh, Barbara and Tom Burke, who um, at the time of the casino uh, crisis were living in Connecticut, but uh, both had strong ties to Atlantic City. Uh, Tom began his career in the gaming industry there, and and um, and they uh, both have uh, Jersey uh, connections. They're both from Jersey originally. Anyways, they read an article uh, online, I'm assuming, maybe in the, or, uh, in the Atlantic City Press, and called the reporter and said, you know, how do we get in touch with this guy? Uh, and she connected uh, the Burks with me, and um, they, they were and continue to be extraordinarily generous to Catholic charities. And, and their particular focus, as Mary suggested, was on employment and helping people who were losing their jobs at the time to get reemployed as fast as they could. And so that work continues. Um, so that's a, you know, it's a good example of trying to be uh, agile and flexible and, and respond um, in, in the moment, but then uh, trying to develop some long-term uh, services around that. So we've continued that. And, and of course they've continued to support us. Yeah. Uh, and in fact, our, you know, our, uh, just he, uh, the Burks called me uh, ten days ago and said they was you know going to uh, provide us with some further uh, uh, funding. So yeah, that's good to hear. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. Truly, some of the most generous, down to earth people I think I've ever met. Yeah, so lucky to have to to know them. <laughs> the um, and now Kevin, you know we've been talking a lot about South Jersey and the effect. Um, I know you were. I'm assuming you still are. Uh, a trustee of Catholic Charities USA. Um, you know, I have what I haven't heard much recently was what, and only because there's so much other news out there. I, I'm positive the information is getting out there. I just haven't, it just hasn't crossed my path yet. Um, how has Catholic Charities USA been responding, and and Catholic Charities organizations around the country? Have, do, you, do you have a feel for for what they've been going through? Is it similar to you? Is it, is it different? Yeah, it's it's um, uh, it, yeah, ever. Every agency is what 170 Catholic charity agencies across the country. So they're they're all under varying degrees of stress. I would say particularly stressed are agencies that operate uh, 24 hour, seven day a week uh, services, and, mm-hmm. that, and that would be uh, emergency homeless shelters, transitional shelters. Uh, that's proving very very difficult. Uh, you can imagine staff being uh, a little uneasy about uh, working. Yeah. Um, 
they're having to pay, uh, um, you know, incentives to ensure they have full complement of staff. So, you know, so if you think about that, the, the normal stress of just trying to provide services, and now on top of that, you've got, you know, uh, ex- extra concerns about the health of your staff, uh, extra concerns about staffing your facilities. So they're, they're certainly under a lot of stress. Uh, Catholic Charities USA is doing a great job of, um, we just got word from Sister Donna Markham, president of Catholic Charities USA, that Robert Wood Johnson Foundation uh, called uh, Sister up, uh, just said, we, we want to help. And I believe I believe the figure is $5 million is being wow. given to uh, Catholic Charities USA. Wow. They in turn will uh, send that out to us, uh, us being all the network agencies. Now they've already done, they've already given Catholic Charities and the Diocese of Camden $10,000 in short-term disaster relief wow. to help us uh, deal with the pandemic. And I'll tell you that that was such a simple process, uh, one form, um, able to get it over to Bishop Sullivan for his signature and get it down there. And the money's already in our account. Uh, so, and we're, and we're going to use that for, again, for food, uh, just to make sure we've got, you know, an, um, enough food across the uh, different uh, pantries in our, uh, our network here. So the, the they're working really hard. Uh, they've, they've been doing a great job over the last five years of uh, finding support for all of us uh, with them as sort of the lead, if I can use it, uh, that expression. And then they push the money out the door to the, to, uh, the network agencies like us. Yeah. And it's interesting to see the kind of the camaraderie and support among all the different Catholic charities networks across the country, because you know, when when this pandemic um, kind of hit the United States, there were certain states affected more than others. Right now, I think New Jersey has the second highest um, number of cases. New York has first, California is in third. And all of that can change, you know, but the the progression is, is interesting. And um, I spoke to uh, one of our colleagues, Jennifer Dyer, who I know, you all have have met um and she said you know it's important for the camden diocese and you know the diocese in in new york and california and other places which are kind of really seeing the impacts of this to to share the best practices and you know how are you guys responding to this because um for like in our for other people um and other states haven't really dealt with it the way we have yet, but they're anticipating um, facing similar problems. So it, it's so helpful to have that network um, of, of support and, you know, advice and recommendations and just sharing resources about this is what we did. You guys could implement the same, um, the same program or same practice. And, people have gotten so creative at our sister Catholic charities agencies, um, just the way they're thinking outside the box. And um, it's, it's amazing to, to see that and have the support. And it's interesting people reaching out to us asking, Hey, what did you do? You know, when you faced, you know, and then they name a specific example um, 
because I know a lot of other states are anticipating kind of getting hit with with the same, um, you know, the way we have, the way New York has. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it, you know, actually, you know, have you had a chance to talk with your uh, brethren in uh, in New Jersey, you know, the other executive directors in New Jersey about what they're going through? Yes, Mike, we, uh, you know, I, uh, we, we gather on a, some, uh, you know, pretty regularly, usually uh, six times a year, we'll meet in person. The, the, we just had a meeting uh, virtually, you know, uh, two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're, they're, as Mary suggested, under stress, but they're uh, uh, coping. Uh, we, we, the five Catholic charity agencies, were approached by the uh, New Jersey Department of Human Services uh, to get up and running a, a kind of a, a resource for people. Um, and uh, they, they approached us I, because of our work after Hurricane Sandy. We're all five of us, uh, you know, banded together and provided to the entire state in New Jersey uh, disaster recovery. Uh. So, mm-hmm. you, you know, um, interestingly enough, in New Jersey, there's 21 counties, yeah? Mm-hmm. And uh, Catholic Charities is present in every single one of those counties. Really? Uh, um, yeah. So that's, uh, you know, and we're, we're trying to uh, figure out, we're always trying to figure out ways to leverage that wonderful presence uh, notwithstanding that each of us are separate from one another, but we do work together. Um, hey, Mike, can I just go back to uh, uh, an earlier comment Mary was making about people uh, here and how they responded? And I, mm-hmm. I feel like I, uh, a particular uh, compliment is due to the IT uh, office headed by Joe Torrieri and our um uh, our finance, uh, led by our controller, Bob Waite, the, uh, and talk about creativity. Uh, and, and this happened even, uh, this was happening two weeks before, you know, we kind of went into this, um, social distancing and physical separation. They, uh, because of their, um, their knowledge, their experience, were able to set up a lot of systems for us that enable us to be remote to uh, be uh, available to people. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the finance office has come up with some streamlined uh, processes so we can turn around money quickly at the same time, uh, adhering to uh, you know good accounting practices. So uh, it, it, you it know. Is, a lot of that behind the scenes work is just, you. Re- you know that they're important and that they keep, you know, us all afloat as, as staff. Um, but I, I think it really hit a lot of people. Wow. If it were not for their knowledge and expertise, like we would not be able to do this. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. and they really came through, um, the IT department, finance department and things that a lot of people wouldn't even think of, like, um, you know, uh, this document requires they don't accept electronic signatures. Well, what do we do? And there's a lot of that behind the scenes operational stuff at, at Catholic Charities. And um, for for me, I, I that was kind of a shock to hear, like, oh, my goodness, all of the things we have to consider, not just, of course, helping clients, but all, all of that work that takes place in our office um, at, at every level and every department. 
mm-hmm. um, the ways that that everybody had to change and adapt, but they've they've done that. I'm going and, to uh, make sure that my wife uh, hears this because um, she's she's a financial analyst and she very rarely gets to hear accountants being referred to as heroic in their in their jobs. But the truth of the matter, it is. I mean, this is a situation where everybody has to step up in some way. And it was so fluid and it came upon us, you know, in a, a weirdly, even though we all sort of saw it coming, it was very quick and we did as much preparing as we could. But until it actually happens, you can't really fully be prepared and uh, so now here we are becoming experts at how to do our jobs without ever seeing or touching or breathing on each other. Which yeah. for us introverts, it's, that's a great um, thing. Yeah. Bad. <laughs> I, although, you know, I mean, I've said on this podcast a hundred times that I'm an introvert. I will fully admit that uh, this is even a little bit too much for me. It's um, I, you know, I fully admit that I, I am not a f- I, I am I am an introvert who is not a homebody. And uh, it is tough for me yeah. to spend this much time at home. I'm curious, uh, how have the two of you been been handling this sort of quarantining and isolation? Mary, after you. Oh, well, Mike, I'm kind of on the same boat. Um, people here introvert and they picture shy and, mm. you know, um, they don't they don't like to talk a lot or socialize. But in reality, introverts, they they might like that. They might they might like the socialization part of things, but then they just kind of need to go home mm-hmm. and crawl into a hole. And that's how they <laughs> recharge <laughs> is through, through alone time. But I'm kind of on the same boat um, as you, I'd say this is even too much for me. Um, and and, not, and I not realized that when like I was, I know it sounds weird to say because I see Kevin sort of smiling over there, but it's chuckling. Yeah, it, it does. I I'm not one that's had to like I'm I'm aware of my own issues. I, I know I got personality traits and quirks and stuff like that, but um, yeah, I it is you you do become well. You and I, Mary, are very self aware, but you do become even more self aware <laughs> when you're sort of locked away and you're and you know. In my case, I have to. I'm concerned about my wife and my son and my parents and things like that, and I just keep wondering. I, I do have an, a desire for things to go back to normal, um, and uh, and I I have a hard time picturing when and how that'll happen. I'm I'm coming to grips with the the notion that whatever happens, uh, that the, it'll be a slow process coming out on the other side. It was a you know it was kind of a fast process going in. You know everything just sort of shut down within a week of the next thing shutting down. But I have a feeling that uh, as we start planning how we're going to come out of this, it'll take months, not weeks, yeah. to to do right. it. And you know, and you can tell, like, um, um, I guess, like the atmosphere in general. Um, when I work aside, the only time I really leave is when I absolutely have to for mm-hmm. um, groceries or the pharmacy. Um, other than that, it's walking my dog. <laughs> and I was just thinking yesterday. I was walking around a neighborhood nearby my apartment and um, I said, wow, everybody's lawns are perfect. You know, people are cleaning out garages, cleaning out their cars, just getting around to all those things that they've probably been putting off for a long time. And beyond that, um, you know, when I pass by people on the street from a distance, sometimes uh, someone will just strike up a conversation like oh what what kind of dog is that oh well how are you doing and i i'm i'm thinking wow people are a lot more talkative and then it dawned on me people are really just missing human interaction 
Um, hmm. Cause I, I, I I'll tell you, I've had, a, I've had the exact opposite experience. My, oh, people run I, away from you. <laughs> well, sort of. Yeah. That may be a difference in our looks. Um, the, um, uh, I, I, tr- I make it a point every day to go out for a walk, no matter the weather, unless it's, you know, teeming rain. I'll, I'll go out every day. Yeah. And I try. And yesterday was a beautiful day. So I decided to go out. It was 70 some odd degrees. So I take this long walk. And what I noticed was how comfortable everybody is now moving to the other side of the street, the other side of the walking path <laughs> and not true. feeling like I could tell people were like. I don't need to say hi to you. <laughs> it's because I'm not going to spread germs. So I'm not going to say hi. So sort of like a knowing wink. And we we go about 10 feet yeah. around each other. And it was outstanding. So in that, as someone who can't handle small talk, that's been fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> so if I was in your situation, oh, I Mary, I, I, I would it would drive me nuts. Now, Kevin, <laughs> what about for you? How's it been for you? Uh, let's see. I, we were talking earlier, Mike, I'm still trying to find a rhythm uh, yeah. for, for the daily work, although it, it's hard, it's hard to find that rhythm in uh, Catholic Charities work anyways, every day is kind of new and gets disrupted all day long. Yeah. But, uh, but this one is, you know, how do you structure your day? Uh, I think many of us, uh, probably all of us, uh, certainly I know you two guys are workaholics, so uh, people are, you know, working till seven, eight at night. Uh, what's the difference kind of thing, right? Yeah, or, right. Um, so I, I, on the positive side, I've been able to read a lot of books. Um, and so I've been enjoying that immensely. That's good. Um, and, and I, I guess am the opposite. I am, uh, enjoying the, uh, solitude, uh, and, and that may just be the nature of, uh, what my daily life is usually about. Yeah. So, uh, I'm, I'm sort of enjoying it, frankly. <laughs> you don't have to, uh, kick me out of your office or issue any office bans when people keep popping in and out and, uh, bother you all day long before this. Yes. Back when we were all in the office. Now, I, I will admit that, you know, uh, I get emails from uh, dear colleagues and that will provoke me to stand up and pace around. The, you, know, <laughs> yeah. you know, you get a little slightly agitated. <laughs> the, uh, That's what he's doing all day long is just pacing, pacing and pacing. Is, is Probably because of my bombarding emails. <laughs> the uh, It is true. I, I have, uh, you know, it's funny because ordinarily, you know, you just have an opportunity. I'm not saying I'm overly aggressive with people but sometimes you can just use a <laughs> use a, a curt word or a short sentence because there yeah. is a what sentence was that, what was that about being self-aware <laughs> mr wall <laughs> that's uh you know i've been known to talk loudly from time to time but now i'm finding that i'm i'm using that energy in my emails and realizing i should not put that in an email let me rewrite that so uh, i it's there's a certain catharsis to writing out what i really mean and then deleting it and going back this is what i should say and letting people know so it's nice to have a permanent edit button in uh, on my, my rants but um but you it know, is interesting trying to convey tone strictly through text yeah. you know yeah the, the i did something for me like, that's easy i use exclamation points emojis you know well i, I don't know how uh other i got people did, i got caught in something yesterday we were doing a uh lenten one of these lenten retreats online lenten retreats last night and i saw that a couple of priests in our diocese had decided to do 
a Q&A at the exact same time. And they have a fairly decent following. So I was, when we do these Lenten retreats, uh, there's two of us, John Kalitz, he handles all the cameras and the sound and stuff like that. And I handle the back end, making sure it gets uh, streamed where it needs to go and monitoring comments and things like that. So it came to my, as about halfway through the, this Lenten retreat, I get a notice that these two priests had started their thing. So in a moment of semi-rage versus, and as well as just wanting to let them know. And I that, tuned into that Q&A, did you by really? the way. <laughs> yeah. And not my Lenten retreat. The, um, <laughs> so I, I, I sent off a curt uh, comment in their section, like, how can you guys be doing this while I'm doing my Lenten retreat? And I meant it to sound joking, but I Uh-oh. forgot to use an emoji. And uh, I think they took it rather. I mean, I was serious. They should have done it. But um, uh, they, it was, they took it more seriously than I, than I intended. They had an actually, emoji can change everything. And I had thought about putting one in there, and then I didn't. And uh, yes, don't don't belie the power of the emoji. If, if, you, if, if Or an exclamation point. Right. <laughs> Although that can go the wrong way, too. They'll think you're angry as opposed to. The smiley that face is emoji is a way of uh, saying something direct to someone and letting them know that, yeah, don't do this, but it's okay. I'm not that mad at you. In Kevin's case, he'll say something and uh, you just have no idea. Is is he joking? Is he taking a jab or is he, is oh, yeah. he serious? Sometimes and Kevin's emails. Something very uh, cr- uh, cryptic? cryptic, but... Um, Master, he has a, a gift of. <laughs> I think Kevin. I think you do that on purpose sometimes. I think you enjoy messing with people a little bit. He's nodding right now, yes. in case anyone's wondering. <laughs> <laughs> he likes knowing that people are sweating trying to decipher what he really. No, does. no, it's <laughs> no. I don't enjoy that. I don't. No, that's not true, listeners. That is not true. I'm sorry. That is not an accurate description of Kevin Hickey. It is true that I will use them to um, uh, sort of maybe put a little break mm-hmm. on uh, what I feel is a, a lot of energy and I'm wanting a little space to consider what was just said to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's why. That's a wise use of your yeah. skill yeah. sets. Yes, I right, but, but if I'm being totally honest, okay, it is, I will admit with- <laughs> Oh, um, here we your, go. Your co-host, Mike, that I will take- <laughs> <laughs> Crank up the volume on his microphone. Like, let's, let's hear it. <laughs> well, that's the thing is that, uh, you know, it's just the humanity of a situation. And well, that's really the truth of it. You know, and certainly people who are listening are going through this themselves that, you know, we've all had to sort of like relearn how to exist right now. Like I, so my wife has been working from home since November okay. and my son has been, um, my son has been off from school, not off from school, has been basically homeschooled. Yeah, because how's he of, doing? He, well, okay, I'll get back to that in a second. So my son has been, his school, you know, his in-school activities ended like in the beginning of March and they moved to this sort of this distance learning. He's in Catholic school near us. And, and actually it's been great for him in the sense that, you know, they, they have him so filled up with work that um, his day is pretty regimented, actually. And because awesome. my wife's been working from him, she can work with him while I'm doing all this stuff. Um, and to go back to your question, Mary, I think kids in, of this age are perfectly situated for this distance learning. They're on their iPads all the time anyway. That's how he because he's an only child. That's how he's always hung out with his friends Anyways, yeah. so he'll, he'll be online playing Fortnite. He'll be playing Roblox. He'll be playing whatever games he plays with them, FaceTiming, Snapchatting, all that kind of stuff. Um, 
And so he hasn't, I haven't seen any negative effects on him psychologically at all. I just have to make sure he's a, he's an athlete type. So we make sure we go out and, you know, yeah. get exercise and stuff every day, which is certainly good for me, who is <laughs> a long, long ago was an athlete. Um, but where it has been interesting is my wife and I interacting has been the thing that I've had to get used to because, <laughs> well, she's, until she's started working from home in November, she and I have been professionals our entire life. We're constantly out. We would see each other awake maybe two hours a day most Aww. days. Now we see, that's okay. It was our lot in life and we're fine with that. Well, now we're seeing each other all the time and I've realized that <laughs> I'm kind of the interloper in the house. Like I'm the element of the house that wasn't here all the time before. <laughs> so I made a conscious decision to not... You know, she's been, I've only been really home over the last two weeks. So, yeah, you know, she's, she had already sort of established her role in the relationship with Jack and his schooling and stuff like that. So, unless I'm requested to, to assist them, I don't get in their way. They have their system. Now you're stomping on everyone's toes. Hey, well, that's exactly, that's what I w didn't want to do. So, same thing related to the household. She, she's got her way of doing the household. So, I have to sort yeah. of figure out where my fit in all of this is. Because I, because the one thing I don't want to do is make anything worse. So I don't want to come in here like, well, I'm home now, so these are all the things that are going to be done around the house, and you know, find myself murdered in the middle of the night. Um, <laughs> so I have a very strong-willed wife. The um, uh, and so I have to admit, the even though it's been kind of peculiar for me, the the last two weeks have actually been kind of nice. It's like yeah. we seem to be getting along. But I, I have learned that. I'm not a morning person, and my wife made the mistake of talking to me at like 8.30 this morning or 7.30, whatever the time it was. Oh, no. And, I, and I was like, honey, I'm going to go take a shower because my brain just wasn't ready to have a conversation yet. And then I took my yeah. shower, came back down again, and we had a lovely conversation. But, you know. It is interesting to see um, and hear from, you know, how household dynamics change. And that includes our 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 clients even. I mean – yeah, that's that's like a, a good positive example that you just I think positive. That you just no, it is positive. It, it's, yeah. I think my wife's <laughs> but, hasn't um, killed me yet, so I'm assuming it's OK so far. Yeah. But the reality is like when, you know, people are suddenly home all the time, things change. And I know we've seen that at Catholic Charities, people who um, they're not used to having their kids home all the time. Um, people who live paycheck to paycheck, they're not used to, um, you know, having to, to feed their kids all the time. Yeah. So it it changes, you know, a lot. <laughs> I know that domestic violence rates have have gone up, but we've gotten a few of those calls too. So um, that is something that I've been trying to keep an eye on. I mean, I, I know I'm jokingly, yeah. sort of jokingly, talking about my wife murdering me, but that that's <laughs> honestly that when this all came to fruition, my my two biggest worries were domestic violence and. <laughs> If you've ever seen the Purge movies, uh, the lawlessness that goes through, you know, when things like this happen. Um, and I've been very happy to see that, at least in my town, uh, there haven't been um, there haven't been any negative effects that I've I've heard huh. about. I know the domestic violence stuff has definitely been happening, but I because I've seen the police reports about it, um, but it hasn't like reached epic scales. And I am pleased to see that. Yeah. Know. In my, uh, I don't know if you guys have the the neighbors app or the Ring app. Um, no. But it's basically you buy a camera, you stick it on your front door, and it connects to an app called Neighbors, and it's a really great way um, for people to post about 
anything from, hey, I lost a pet. Here's a picture. Keep an eye out for it to um, uh, I just saw, you know, something really suspicious going on. Um, and there's a video that mm-hmm. people can show like this person has been standing on my porch. Now, I don't have a camera, but I have the app and there's been there's been some weird stuff happening. Well, people um, are the police can alert uh, the people in the app. There's been like, cause I live close to, um, to Lindenwald, mm-hmm. uh, especially there, there's been, um, like car break-ins and, um, I don't know. You see people kind of taking advantage of a situation like this, but then you see, like, I guess you kind of see the best and worst of humanity. I saw a message the other day that said, um, I, I live in, in this area and I just want to make everybody aware, all of my neighbors aware that if you're in need of help, um, like I'm here, uh, I'm happy to help with groceries or any errands like that. And I almost started crying, you know, <laughs> you, you Mary, see. I find that hard to believe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Kevin, as we're uh, wrapping up in these last two minutes, you have any uh, final thoughts for people as they're considering, you know, how they should be spending their time or how they could be of assistance to Catholic charities? Well, I'd, I'd echo Mary. I mean, we, we see a lot of this uh, wonderful kindness and goodness that's uh, being extended. People, uh, people in parishes. Uh, I was on a phone call with uh, life and justice ministers last week, and it's, it's just remarkable the ingenuity and kindness uh, that's occurring within parishes as they try to serve their local communities. So uh, that is really uh, inspiring to see that. Um, I, you know, I just ask people to uh, spare a thought for. Uh, all the uh, different Catholic social ministries in the Diocese of Camden, including Catholic charities, uh, certainly uh, would welcome any support people care to give. Uh, it'll be uh, very helpful to a lot of people, and it'll be put to good use, too. Yeah. So, And it's catholiccharitiescamden.org, right, Mary? Yes. If anybody is in need of help or uh, does want to make a gift or a donation, please visit our website, catholiccharitiescamden.org all right well thank you both for uh mary thank you for co-hosting and sending us up and and kevin certainly thank you for for joining us and uh i hope you guys will enjoy and relish your time away but i will admit that i look forward to seeing you both in person sometime soon i hope so (laughs) all right everybody thanks for joining us thanks to all our listeners and i hope everyone stays safe and healthy thanks for listening to talking catholic